Women Taking the Lead, Episode 16. Mentoring really helps us also look internally and become better people, better leaders when we turn around and help other people. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Your future awaits, so let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, and I'm your host, Jody Flynn. I'm excited to bring you the male perspective today. This podcast isn't just about women helping women. It's my philosophy that it's going to take both genders working together to promote women, to cause change, and bring about more equality and appreciation of women as leaders. We can gain a lot of insights from men, so from time to time, I'm going to be interviewing men who work with women around developing themselves as leaders. And as our guest today, we have Rich Brooks, who is the founder and president of Flight New Media, a web design and marketing firm in Portland, Maine. He is nationally recognized speaker on entrepreneurship, digital marketing, and social media. He's the founder of the Agents of Change Digital Marketing Conference, an annual conference on search, social, and mobile marketing. He runs the Marketing Agents Podcast, where he interviews marketing experts from around the world on search, social, and mobile marketing. And he is also a regular contributor at socialmediaexaminer.com, the world's most popular social media marketing blog. He is the tech guru on WCSH Channel 6's Evening News Show 207 and teaches web marketing and social media courses for entrepreneurs at the University of Southern Maine Center for Continuing Education. My goodness, if that doesn't establish you as an expert on the subject of social media, Rich, I don't know what does. So, Do we have any time left for the interview? I feel like I kind of went over on my intro. I'm out of breath. I need a break and some water. I did but. say edit as needed and I don't that part. I didn't yeah. feel the need. Okay. I was like, wow, this is impressive. I'll keep going. <laughs> so Rich, that's everything about you? No. no. That's just that's a teaser for the crowd. But tell us more about you so everyone has a good sense of who they're listening to right now. Well, you know, I think that summary did pretty much talk about my professional life. Obviously, I uh, have more than just my professional life. I am a father of two beautiful daughters, so I understand uh, a little bit about what it's like in terms of the female perspective. I live in an all-woman household except for myself. Uh, and I just get really excited about helping small businesses and entrepreneurs kind of take the next step, figure out the digital marketing components, uh, brand themselves, reach more of their ideal customers. And you know, living in Maine, obviously small business is so important to the state. It's important everywhere, but it's really the lifeblood of Maine. Uh, so I just get really excited about this sort of stuff. Love it. All right, then. So let's dive right in since we took up so much time with your bio. <laughs> so to start off with, Tell me a story about a woman who has impacted you as a leader. Well, it's a good question. There are a lot of women who definitely impacted me as a leader over the course of my life. I mean, starting with my mom, uh, just she has been a true inspiration. She was somebody who was totally afraid of the spotlight, totally afraid of shining any attention on herself when I was young and growing up. But over time, she gained confidence. She was uh, willing to stand up on the bima at Temple. Uh, she actually just got bar mitzvah or bat mitzvah just a couple of years ago at the age of, wow. of uh, seventy. I mean, so this is a woman who who basically said, you know, uh, grew up in in one type of time and, and completely changed herself uh, and gained a lot of confidence. Actually, started a blog and talking about. Um, 
mystery novels and things like that. So she's somebody I take inspiration from. And and when I first got into this business, I um, had a friend, Coach Deb, Deb Cole, who was very inspirational for me as well and taught me a lot about kind of taking ownership of what I do. And I thought that was really important and in kind of building up my own confidence. Um, and just I've been touched by a lot of women in my life, in my professional life, people like Amy Porterfield, um, who have shown me like what's possible. And most recently, actually, uh, Jamie Tardy, who runs the eventual millionaire. I actually hired her as my business coach last year, um, as I was struggling with certain aspects of my own business. And she really helped me in terms of becoming a better leader, a better salesperson, a better marketer, uh, a better business leader all in all. And so there have been a lot of people specifically, and, and she really helped me focus on what's important in my business and growing my business. Um, so there have been a lot of women who have influenced me. I love that. And that was one thing I appreciated when you kicked off the Agents of Change Digital Marketing Conference. I went to the first one and you had Jamie Tardy and Amy Porterfield. They were in, like, And they were taking the main stage. And we're an important part of the event. And I love that, that, you know, because in digital marketing, you, you know, I think that the, um, you know, there, it, ha- it does have a, a male persona out there, but you had women who were doing awesome in that arena and presenting to, to a crowd on their, their expertise. I think that there's a lot more women in internet marketing and social media. The problem is that they don't always get up on stage. Um, whether that comes down to because it's men who are putting on these conferences and maybe they just, you know, we naturally are, uh, have this affiliation or affinity for our friends, people we connect yes. with. So, uh, and there are some gender differences and sometimes you're more comfortable with one gender or the other and often your own. So that could be part of it. Maybe they're not pushing is hard to get some of these speaking gigs. Um, that could be part of it as well. Maybe that isn't where they feel they need to be to succeed. So there's a number of things, but I always try and find a balance and get a variety of different voices. I think women are better at social media anyway, um, not to be sexist against men, but I just think that some of their skills, I think women can be more nurturing and more a better connectors. And there's less of a, pardon my French, pissing contest very often that's going on. Um, and so I like to get a lot of different voices about different ways to approach digital marketing and online marketing. Yeah. A couple things in what you said there. I have heard other women talk about how it, it's a shame that we don't see more women presenting and promoting themselves, but women don't tend to do it as well. You know, yeah. they're not as comfortable with it as men do. So even though they're very skilled, they're very knowledgeable, they're very capable, you're just not hearing about it because it does. And you know, as a small business owner, I know it too. You really have to be tooting your own horn more than you're comfortable with. Some, to get the word yeah, out there. Sometimes you do have to stretch that. And, you know, not everybody feels comfortable on stage. It's funny. You mentioned Amy Porterfield, who I love to death. And everybody I've ever talked to all agree she does a great job presenting. But she shared with me she hates it, right? So, you know, I asked her back a, a couple times and she basically – and of course it is across the country. I understand she doesn't want to come all the way over here. <laughs> but, um, but she said, you know, I wish I enjoyed it more because I would definitely do it. But it's just not something she enjoys. So that can figure it into it too. I don't want to paint a broad – picture and, and treat everybody the same that oh, all women are not getting speaking gigs because they're not putting themselves out enough or, or whatever the case may be. Everybody's got their own reasons, but it is important and uh, to hear those voices. And sometimes you have to pull those voices up on stage. Yeah. 
I love that. And I also loved how you pointed out that, you know, not, not all women, not all men, but women do tend to be better at nurturing relationships online. And that, that's what I'm really enjoying right now is that some more feminine styles of leadership are being appreciated and embraced by men. Mm. And they're, that men are working on um, developing those skills um, such as that. And so that, that I, when I heard that, and it's been written about a lot in the past year or two, it really made me feel like, okay, that, that feminine style is really being appreciated and seen as a bonus in a leader. So that, so thank you for mentioning that, Rich. It almost feels like what we really need is we need an androgynous approach to leadership because it really Ooh. shouldn't be about men or it shouldn't be about women leadership skills. Both genders do have some natural um, <laughs> skill sets that maybe they were that were maybe innate. I don't know. I'm not a scientist, but it does feel like um, we're moving away from the age where the leader has to be barking orders all the time. Um, mm-hmm. And at the same time, it's like I think that there are strengths in both genders or the traditional roles of both genders to become this amazing leader. But they don't. Need, but those leadership skills don't need to be gender specific. I like that. Yep. I'm going to embrace that. And now other than, you know, this tendency to not be at the forefront or, hold, you know, being a little bit shy, having a tendency to be hold themselves back a little bit, what is something else that you see in women that holds them back? Well, again, I don't. I don't want to put everybody in one group and say that everybody behaves this way. Certainly there's some some institutional stuff. And if you're in a giant corporation and that corporation's been run by men for hundreds of years, you know, you may find yourself in a glass ceiling with a glass ceiling. Um, I also think that men overall tend to be more comfortable tooting their own homes horns and promoting themselves, sometimes even at the expense of somebody else, than women do. Um, men, uh, have been told or taught that they need to shine, that they need to put themselves out there. And I don't necessarily know that that is something that women have been told some women, absolutely. And as time has gone on, I think more women are comfortable taking center stage. And that's something that's important. Um, so I think a lot of this may come down to maybe some women grew up hearing that, well, I don't know if it was they weren't good enough, but just that they don't need to make such a spectacle of themselves. And mm-hmm. I think that that somehow gets translated into you don't have something to share. And I think it's the responsibility of all human beings on the planet that if you have something of value to share, that you have to share it, that you have to get that word out. So I think people, women specifically, need to be a little bit more comfortable in raising their voices so they can be part of that conversation. Um And I think some of it just may come down to overcoming those kind of fears or concerns that you have about drawing too much attention to themselves, to failing. And I also think that some women may feel that there's only two switches for women leadership, either too soft or the iron bitch. And there's Mm. nothing in between. And I completely disagree with that. And I've seen a lot of women that I look up to in leadership roles, uh, even if they may not be officially the president or something, but obviously leading other people who have great qualities, but they're not necessarily the qualities that you would have originally associated with with leaders. But they are getting people. They are motivating people. They are persuading people. They are getting people to grow. And at the end of the day, isn't that what leadership is all about? It's And it's so interesting what you brought about, up about conditioning because I was thinking about it this morning because I'm also heading um, – home to visit family this weekend and I'm going to be seeing my nieces and nephews and just 
random thoughts floating through my mind. I was thinking, geez, you know, we're always, you know, telling little boys just in general, you know, to sit still, especially when it's around a family event, you know, or a holiday, you're sitting down at the dinner table and you're telling little boys, sit still, sit still. And with little girls, what I've noticed is we're saying, please, please stop talking. (laughs) You know, because little girls are chatty and little boys are wiggly, right? right? That, that's generally the impression you get. But when they become adults, we want boys to be taking action and we want girls to be speaking up. Yeah. Right? And that's what we've been kind of just toning, tra- toning down when they're little and trying to amp up when they become adults. Right. So there's always a little bit of conditioning we have to overcome. I always say about my younger daughter, I'm always like, you know, she has, she's so annoying. She has all the qualities <laughs> I look for in a grown-up. You know, so she's like constantly like talking, constantly trying to take center stage, constantly questioning everything. Yeah. And as it, when she was four, that was super irritating. As she grows older, I'm like, this is exactly the kind of person I want you to be. So I, I'm just as guilty as a parent as every other parent out there when it comes to these things. Oh, and not just parents. I'm an aunt yeah. and I, I do it too. So awesome. And kind of flipping it around. You've mentored women along the way, officially or unofficially. I know people are constantly coming to you for advice and and your opinion on things. What have you learned from the women you've mentored? Well, I think I'm not sure if this is the exact answer you're looking for, but you know, one of the things that I've realized, and it's never been an official "I am your mentor" role, but I've definitely had women who work for me, and I've had friends, uh, especially around town, who've come to me with advice, uh, looking for advice on their careers or things that are going on. And one of the things that I found is that helping other people is definitely helping yourself, um, just completely selfishly. Like when I'm helping somebody overcome some things or talk through some things, it almost always kind of churns up some own my own emotions about some things that I'm struggling with that there are parallels to. So a lot of times, like I might be talking to somebody, one of the things that, um, and this kind of getting back to one of the other questions, I, I think often women suffer from not having big enough dreams. You know, I, I think that holds a lot of women back. They're like, okay, I only want to get to this point and then I'm totally fine. I don't need to cause any more ripples. And I have a friend who I guess I, I am a quasi-mentor for her as she starts her own side business. And maybe part of the problem is we have these things called big, hairy, audacious goals, which is one of these catchphrases mm. these days, um, which I was thinking about today. I'm like, what woman wants to have hairy goals? I mean, that's just like the wrong <laughs> phrase. Totally. Right. It, it is. It is an ugly phrase. Right. Yes. <laughs> um, and, and so just like even like words like that, that we don't even realize we're using um, may not really connect. But I think that, you know, one of the things in, in working with a few of my friends who have mentored is that, you know, they're not dreaming big enough. Their ideas are too small. Like, yeah, you can accomplish that. But anybody can accomplish that. I need you to think bigger. What's the next level? What's the next level? What's the next level? And then realizing that I've been playing the same games myself, like setting goals that are not big enough, that are not aggressive enough, that aren't going to help enough people reach enough people. And because I had that voice in my head where I don't want to have anybody see me as a failure, all these sort of things. So a lot of what I learn when I'm helping somebody else is that I'm also helping myself. And I'm, I'm, it's kind of the same thing as you can never really learn something until you have to turn around and teach it. That's really when it clarifies in your brain. So I think mentoring really helps us also look internally and become better people, better leaders when we turn around and help other people. Yes. And I've, you know, for anyone who's been listening to this podcast right along, I've said several times, you know, if, you know, if you want to master something, teach it. Absolutely. 
that's when you get really good at it because it, there's a whole different level of responsibility on a, the subject when you're trying to convey it to somebody else. You start to own it and believe it and live it because you're setting an example for somebody else as opposed to when you're first learning it and you're trying it out and you're you know just trying to see if it fits or not. It's just a completely different – If you even energetically you feel different. You're more engaged, committed – you know, all about mastering it. So I, I love that. And the whole concept of, you know, and I, I've noticed it too. It, it's not to say, I don't know if women don't have bigger dreams, but they don't vocalize them. They don't, they don't put them out there. I think they keep them to themselves because they're afraid if they say something, then, you know, it, it's a reality that they really want that. Right. I think, I think they want big things, but they, but they get intimidated or, what have you, I have to unpack this subject at some time. So thank you for bringing it up. But there's something that stops them from saying, I want this, and I'm going to go for it. Right. And not to belabor the point, obviously, we're not talking about all women, we're talking about some women who some who, women who suffer mm-hmm. from these sort of things. And I suffer from them as well. So I mean, I completely understand it. But you know, in terms of holding yourself back, it's like, dream bigger dreams, like make these stretch goals because otherwise, you know, yeah, you might reach your goals, but you're not going to be nearly as ecstatic about getting there as you would if you had really had to stretch and grow to get there. Love that. And this might be asking the same question a different way, but we'll see what comes of it. What changes do you see are necessary for more women to step up as leaders? Well, of course, I started my own business about 18 years ago. Um, and so when I hear about women feeling stuck or, or not getting a voice at the uh, boardroom table or whatever it is, my advice is get the hell up and get out of there and start your own business. And I know that's not the right solution for everybody out there. But honestly, it's like I think there's so many more opportunities for women in small business or starting their own business than there is in the corporate environments, um, just in terms of because so many corporations – are older and entrenched and they have their own systems and they have their own networks. And a lot of the people at the very top are pulling up people who are like them to leadership positions where I think that what, you know, if, if I were a woman, I would be starting my own business and I would be networking. I would be putting a lot, a lot of work into creating networks and not just all women networks. I'd be networking with everybody, men, women, it doesn't matter. I'd be finding people who are like me, who also want to grow. I'd be creating mastermind groups, which is my new favorite thing. Um, Mm -hmm. And that I think is going to help maybe not all women, but the women who take advantage of it. So I think if, if you feel like you're stuck or you're not sure where you want to go and you want a leadership role and you're just not finding it in a corporate environment, then get the hell out of that corporate environment. You know, I'm not saying like walk out of there today, but you start making plans like how can I get out of here and start my own thing or, or work for a smaller business where I can put my thumbprint on that company. And for me, that's always been a driving force. It's like – which ultimately led me to start my own company is – is this company a place that I can actually put my own thumbprint and make a difference or am I just collecting a salary? That's it right there because that was what I was going through right before I started my business. Not that I was in a bad environment or anything, but I started to realize like, you know, the question like, is this it? Is there something more? Uh, Like I could be doing this, but helping more people. Like I could be doing this, but in a bigger way. And I'd never be able to do that if I stay here. Right. You know, and it it took like like getting really uncomfortable about it, like that niggling thought like became like a pain, and then you know changes within the organization helped me to make the transition out. But yeah, I would say to anyone listening, if you're supremely discontent in your job, 
finding another job may not be the answer. You might want to actually start looking into entrepreneurship because the way the economy and the environments are going, that is the way of the future. More and more people are going to be starting businesses. And there's more help out there now than when I was starting my business and definitely since when you started your business, right? Oh, are you calling me old? Um, <laughs> no, no. Perhaps maybe a couple of years older than I am. Whatever. Let's move on. <laughs> well, you've definitely been an entrepreneur for longer than I am. Yes. That that I have that is a fact. Okay. So that that is exactly that's what, what you I meant. Excellent. Right there. Okay. Good. Yes. I'm glad I could articulate that. <laughs> all right, Rich. Now share with us a success quote or a mantra and why it has meaning for you. Oh, all right. So the quote that I always go back to is. Luck favors the prepared, which I heard in The Incredibles. Uh, Edna was, I think, the one who quoted it. She has the two best lines in that movie, that one and no capes. Um, But luck favors the prepared. So many times we look at these people who have been written up online, in print, whatever it is, and they look like overnight successes. But almost invariably, they did everything right in terms of like practicing and preparing and putting themselves in a position so that when the opportunity did arise, they were ready to take advantage of it. And so luck really does favor the prepared because luck happens to everybody all the time. It's constantly hitting us, passing us by, walking around us. The bottom line is if we are prepared, if we are ready, if we have done the homework, if we've done the prep work, if we're over-prepared, we're going to succeed because we're going to get many opportunities. Opportunity does not just knock once. So be as ready, be as prepared, be the best you can be. You are going to succeed. Mm. And what's a practice that you would suggest that um, someone take on, women or men, just to be prepared? Well, it really depends on what you want to accomplish. I mean, if you decide that you want to be in front of a live audience, if you want to be doing um, – presentations in front of a big group. I think the first thing you would do is get some practice of that. Maybe, you know, find out if you can speak at a local chamber event or, you know, are there any small events going on around you or even just, you know, call up the library, rent out a room and then let people know you're putting on a presentation, you know, get, get that practice, feel that comfort level, buy books on speaking, watch YouTube videos on speaking, whatever it is. Now that's obviously just in one specific category or industry, but decide what you want to do. Decide how you want to share and then get really good at that so when the opportunity does arise that people will see that you're ready to take advantage of it. Awesome. You gave us a lot of really good resources right there. Um, And actually, just out of curiosity, I'm going to throw this one at you. What is a practice that you have that you believe makes you a better leader? That wasn't on the list of approved questions. All right. It wasn't. We have some so, time. So, so something <laughs> that – repeat the question. Throw it back at me again, please. What is, a, what is a practice that you have that you think makes you a better leader? One of the things today is that we have um, – so much of our communication is digital. <clears throat> so much of it through email. Uh, email is awesome. It's incredible. It is annoying. Um, but one thing also that it is, is it can be very impersonal. And when we talk to people, they hear our voices, all these sort of things. Very often, uh, communications gets really screwed up in an email. Um, so very, if I start to see those kind of things happen, one of the things that I'll do is I'll actually take a pause, not respond to an email, um, and always try and look at it from the other person's point of view. So, you know, that that's probably one of my biggest strengths, if I can toot my own horn, is just try and realize that there's always another side of the story. 
So try and understand that person's perspective. Ask questions about it. Don't always assume that you know the answers before you talk to an angry client, an angry coworker, whatever it is. Try and get to the bottom of it. Understand where they're coming from. That puts you in a better position. And then all of a sudden, you can then suggest something that actually makes sense, uh, a, a true win-win as opposed to you winning the conversation or winning the argument. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I've seen you in action and you are an excellent diplomat. So I can back you up on that one. All right, Rich, I'm going to let you off the hook now. All right, Tell us how we can connect with you. Uh, the easiest way, if people are listening and they want to connect with me, uh, I'm on Twitter quite a bit. You can always find me at the Rich Brooks, all one word. Uh, if you want to check out uh, Flight New Media, um, we are at takeflightflyte.com. And I would welcome all of you to check out the conference this year. I'm very excited about our fourth annual Agents of Change conference. You can head on over to agentsofchangecon.com. I hope you can join us in person on Friday, September 25th here in Portland, Maine, or There's also a digital pass. You can watch the conference live from the comfort of your own office or home or hammock. Uh, And it's also all that video content is going to be available on demand as well. Awesome. And you can find all the links and resources shared in this episode at womentakingthelead.com. Or you can use the short link, which is womentl.com. Rich, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us today. We're all better for having met you. (laughs) Jody, thanks so much. I really appreciate you putting me in front of your audience. Thank you all for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. And to strengthen you on your own leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson, so here goes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining me, and here's to your success.